Welcome to the One O'ahu Podcast. I'm Brandi Higa, and today is Thursday, July 20th, 2023. And joining us this week is one of the newest members of our city and county of Honolulu Ohana, Gina Albano, our new director for the Department of Facility Maintenance. Gina, I know you're still onboarding jam-packed schedule, so thank you for making some time for us. Thank you for having me, Brandy. Yeah. So for those who maybe don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a second-generation Filipino. I was actually born in Los Angeles, but raised here in Hawaii. I, my parents moved me uh, when I was six months old for my grandparents to raise me. Uh, eventually, they returned back to Hawaii when my brother was born two years later. And so they tried to start the American dream in L.A., but it didn't work out. So they came back and uh, we got reunited as a family uh, when my brother was born. From there, uh, I started my grade school education at St. Anthony in Kalihi. Uh, went on to grade school uh, at sixth grade to Salt Lake Elementary then to middle school at Moana Loa Middle School, and then on to uh, Moana Loa High School as a proud Minihuni. Uh, I got my engineering degree, specifically electrical, from Cal State Long Beach, go 49ers, and then decided to come back, uh, take a summer break uh, after getting my degree and what turned out to be a permanent vacation. Uh, there was every intention to return and start my career on the mainland, but I just couldn't return back to the mainland and just felt like oh, I wanted to be home. And so my parents pretty much asked, I go find a job eventually. Uh, I started my career with a local electrical engineering firm. Uh, I started simply as a, a engineering uh, production individual and then moved on up the ranks to become a senior electrical engineer and at some point uh, it got quite honestly boring Hawaii has this notion of being very non-progressive in, in terms of its uh, thought process in the built environment and I asked uh, my boss at the time saying hey if I found find something that's a little bit more challenging that maybe makes a difference within our industry, would you give it to me? And if it doesn't work, can I have my job back? He says, Gene, go for it. I was fortunate to find a position with a company from Australia, uh, very progressive in terms of how they looked at the built environment and seeing how we could be more energy efficient, how we could be more sustainable, and just being able to apply that here in Hawaii and uh, went there, started as a senior electrical engineer, eventually became manager of the local business unit here, and really started the trend towards energy efficiency and sustainability, resiliency, and whatnot for the built environment. Um, you know, it's critical here in Hawaii, as we being a remote island in the Pacific, you know, resources are very limited. And so how do we self-sustain ourselves here in Hawaii? And so I had the pleasure of really working for a global company, uh, getting exposed to different countries and how they approach that as well, and seeing how we impart that experience that I gained uh, working with other countries here in Hawaii. Um, and so that's my private sector uh, 
position and ultimately uh, Mayor Rick gave me a call out of the blue. Uh, I happened to be playing around the golf <laughs> and <laughs> he just left the message. I, I thought really it was a, a prank call. <laughs> I, I listened <laughs> to the message. He mentioned a very well-respected colleague of mine uh, from the University of Hawaii. I actually called him to see if it was really his recommendation. And then out of courtesy to the mayor, I gave a return call back to him. Uh, from there, he said some of the things that caught my interest. And so we took it to the next level in which I went to meet with him personally along with MD and Deputy MD. And we had a great conversation. And he basically said there is better opportunities or fulfillment besides the corporate entity. Uh, he came from the corporate entity and that if I was willing to understand that there's a bigger cause towards serving the public that I would get more gratification over that. And so over time he gave me the grace to uh, contemplate the decision, uh, discussed it with my family, my colleagues, and some important people that um, was it the right time for me to um, do something different? And in due time, I said yes. And the rest is history. I've gone through uh, a week of uh, basically uh, indoctrination <laughs> of the role, and I've actually had fun. Um, I have really gained a deeper appreciation for what goes behind the scenes as an average citizen of the uh, city and the group is basically the unsung heroes. What we take for granted uh, as average day-to-day -day life, normalized life, you take away some of those tasks that the department does, we've, we'd be complaining more. Right. Right. And so this was just an opportunity for me to now, you know, do something different and hopefully serve the public that will kind of fulfill my career and, and not just the private sector, but the public sector now. How long did it take you to make that decision to tell the mayor yes? Because you're right, jumping from private to public, where in private the salaries are much more competitive, and then in public you have a whole, this is a big department that you are, that's now yeah, your yeah. kuleana. No. How long did that take to make that decision? Over a month, but <laughs> yeah. you know, Again, Mayor Rick gave me the, the time that I needed, and uh, he knows how to pester without pestering. He <laughs> knows how to influence without influencing, and so I, that ultimately made the the reason to say yes even easier. To to work with an individual like Mayor Rick, uh, it's 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 satisfaction in itself. But this department, the people in the city and county of Honolulu, it's something familiar to you. You've worked on city projects before. I have. I certainly Can you have. tell us a little yeah. bit about that? Some of that uh, was primarily with my first company. Uh, I worked on the infrastructure development in Kaka'ako, mm -hmm. in, which, in which Kaka'ako is now seeing its fruit of uh, fruition mm -hmm. because of that planning. Uh, I also worked on various fire department uh, facilities, including the headquarters as a, uh, and a few 
uh, fire stations, uh, work part of the planning of heart and its fruition now with skyline. Mm -hmm. And so uh, again, it's just a deeper appreciation of doing something as part of your job and seeing it in person to see a building and said, I, I was part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Gina, I know you're not even two weeks onto the job, <laughs> but but for you, you know, this week, what does your job look like in terms of clearing drains, streams, general storm prep? Let's start let's start with that. Storm prep, right? So before a storm, like we saw coming towards last week with Hurricane Calvin, not tropical storm, um, what does prep look like for you? Prep looks like for me is having the department already looking ahead mm -hmm. and therefore I was fortunate to have a, already a seasoned group that has gone through some of this yeah. and so uh, they are looking at the hot spots in terms of potential flooding making sure they're ready if there's got to be a release of high level watermarks and whatnot and so I got a deeper again a, I hate to be redundant uh, but a deeper appreciation of the behind the scenes of s conditions like this yeah. in which we have to be Boy Scout, Eagle Scout uh, to be ready. Yeah. And I have a great group already in place and I'm here just to see how I can lend my hand uh, to make it better. I like the answer that you gave. I know this came up in your confirmation um, with the Honolulu City Council, but keeping our streams maintained, not just you know in weeks like this ahead of storms, but all year long, you have such a small team, um, and then there's jurisdiction headaches, right? With a lot of streams and waterways, there's state, city, private. private um, yes. So how? Do, what is your strategy? You gave this answer, but for those that maybe weren't paying attention, what's it, our stream strategy? In, in essence, it's prioritizing to see where the need is immediately, and then identifying how we plan moving forward. And so I hope I get to understand it a little bit better so that I can impart again some of the experiences that I've had to see how we address the, the priorities uh, with the stream. Now the streams are very important in terms of its water quality and how it impacts uh, the, the supply of water. And if we're not addressing that, we're not doing our job as a municipality. And so it's critical that the department understands how critical it is to just uh, do what is necessary to be able to make sure that uh, we take water for granted, that the water is there, it's good water, and that uh, we're doing the right things to provide a service that we take for granted. Yeah, I, I really like that you brought that up, Gene, because not a lot of people know, but you know, while Ernie Lau and the Board of Water Supply get a lot of praise for what they're doing for our aquifers, you're right, there's a lot of clean water heroes in another way, right? Yes. Storm water. Yes. So when you think about maybe washing your car or if there's a little bit of mud or oil, you know, you kind of sweep it out into the street, those are things that could be dangerous. Even That's the most manini, manini of things. Yes. Why is that important to you? We wanna see that we sustain those supplies of good water and we need to have best practices in place so if it's a matter of being able to uh, provide examples education through the stormwater quality branch that's our role and so I have a great division lead that has actually educated me on the importance of it <laughs> 
And it's just a matter of me getting a little bit more familiar and then being able to message that to the public better, not only for myself, but others uh, under the, the department. I like that you brought up earlier um, your background in sustainability. Um, when it comes to energy, environmental design, you're a LEED certified professional. But most recently, our city buildings were able to decrease their energy usage. Mm. Um, what is your conservation strategy as we move forward when it comes to, you know, providing these office spaces, utilities, but also, you know, keeping that energy low for the 10,000 plus in the city workforce? So the industry has recognized the importance of trying to uh, minimize its carbon footprint to the environment. And so I feel like the industry itself is doing it because it's required. I am a lead AP, mm -hmm. but that's pretty much passe. Okay. It's If you're not doing it already, then you're really behind the, the, the eight ball. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I see the industry here in Hawaii uh, rec uh, and the city already recognizing how critical it is to design, plan, knowing that we are stewards of the environment. And therefore, uh, I'm here just to continue that support, maybe impart uh, some of the things I've learned globally, uh, working with different countries and, and seeing how I just complement what the experts we have in the city have and then seeing if it makes sense for them. This is a tough one, but what about our roads? Our climate is changing you know, our roads in a harmful way and it's, it's really evident, especially here in Hawaii with our environment. What, if anything, can be done. I'm sure your family has already complained to you about potholes or my street needs paving. Yeah. Or <laughs> uh, now, this is not my cup of tea yet. Yeah. <laughs> and therefore, I, how do we basically self-sustain ourselves when it comes to our roads? Is there an opportunity to uh, challenge ourselves? Do we have to export materials? Or are there some hmm. opportunities to see if there are alternative materials that we potentially can uh, use here mm -hmm. such that it's much easier to maintain our roads? Uh, that's something I'm not very familiar with. And so, again, I, it's just maybe better understanding the, the way we can better serve our roads uh, and maintain our roads moving forward. So, When it comes to role models or even leadership style, is there anyone you look to personally? Anyone you've admired or tried to mimic? I have had a few. Uh, one of them was my first um, supervisor from Australia. Australians, uh, they have a way of being able to just uh, talk in a, m a more friendly manner, but yet, you know, <laughs> if they have to say something very candidly, they have no problems. They're just saying, no worries, absolutely no worries. Don't take something too seriously because it's, that's all it is, it's just words. And so I try to impart just this approach of uh, positivity, but when it's time for it to be very serious in terms of uh, conver tough conversations, then w we can have the conversation. Respect, there might be times to be uh, respectfully to disagree, but yet let's have a common goal towards what we can um, achieve. Uh, unity often requires diversity, 
and that's uh, that's my approach to to specifically. Uh, yeah, th th there's no specific uh, others, but I I do uh, like to just read about how other leaders have done their uh, approach and then take the best of what I believe uh, from their approach and apply it to my leadership style. You talked a little bit in the beginning about your, your upbringing and the sacrifice I think that your parents and your mm. grandparents had to make um, coming from the Philippines, mm. but how do you think that upbringing or even your parents' journey influenced your path? They worked hard for me and it is just incumbent to try to do that for, for my kids and be an example of truly the the American dream, the immigrant American dream. And so uh, it, it's just become human nature, uh, uh, instinctive that I, I was surrounded by that. Uh, immigration uh, uh, style, uh, not maybe not style, but immigration uh, thought. And it's just been how I, I, I live my life day to day. You talked about um, telling your family and kind of taking that time to make your decision. I want to know, what did your wife say when you told her, hey, I got a call from the mayor today, and guess what? He wants me to join his cabinet. Yeah, yeah. When I first thought about potentially saying yes, um, my wife was the one I was most worried about. Uh, her concurring and just saying, and, and supporting my decision to say yes. However, I, I think she started to see perhaps some of the corp corporate fatigue that I uh, may have been uh, demonstrating, just knowing that I, there was the passion that I have for a job was maybe not as great as it once was. And so with me asking her if this was the right time for uh, a career change, uh, she was very supportive. And I, I, I'm just very thankful that she was one of the key decision makers to convince me if I was going to make a, a change, this was the right time to do it. It's interesting that you said passion because it takes a whole lot of passion to make this kind of jump. Mm -hmm. A lot of, you know, you said you see the behind the scenes, but a lot of people, especially the public, they don't know how high touch DFM is, yeah. right? We talked about clean water, streams, roads, bridges, all of the buildings that these city workers, you know, it's, it, it's basically the heart of yes. the city and county yeah. of Honolulu. Um, so for you coming into this, what do you? What are your priorities? Priorities to s is to see how I can tweak what the group is doing, uh, seeing how we can do things maybe a little bit more efficient. Mm -hmm. uh, right now we're understaffed. I know the mayor has an initiative to try and uh, staff up, mm -hmm. and so my initial priority is to see how we bring workforce in and so uh, I'm aggressively challenging the group to see how we might be able to hire great staff uh, really exude public service as a noble profession and if we can do that uh, with my experience uh, then that's my number one priority other than that you know, I am very fortunate to be coming into a department that's pretty much knows what they're doing. And I don't have to really change things. It's just tweaking and seeing how we do things better, smarter, uh, 
you know, the, the, all the cliche stuff. But for real, it, it, it is just being able to see how we might better serve the public um, better. Another duty that falls on DFM, as if we didn't list enough, is stored property and sidewalk nuisance ordinances, right? So people call them sweeps. The news always put, makes a story out of this maybe three times a year um, with our homeless population. But why is this service, um, you know, kind of the sanitation efforts, why is that service important in your mind? Well, one, it's unfortunate that we have to see homeless on the streets. And so or is there a better solution towards solving homelessness? And so uh, if, if it requires us to, us as the city, mm -hmm. uh, seeing how we get homelessness off the streets, then that's the bigger picture. Right. So I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. No, I mean, if yeah. there's no clients, then the you know the yeah. service then will go that away. service goes away yeah. exactly. So what's the what's the bigger picture when it comes to homelessness? That that's a very difficult uh, uh, question to 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 answer. But all we can do is see if uh, we have alternative solutions mm -hmm. that ultimately not perhaps get all homelessness out, but as much as we can through solutions that uh, maybe not have have not been um, considered in the past another maybe it's not a problem that's plagued the department but another issue that comes up often um, that you guys have to deal with is is vandalism right our traffic signs even our facilities um, what can be done I don't even know if there is a solution to this but what can be done to prevent uh, education that? likely yeah, uh, yeah yeah the the nobleness of being a good citizen and you know it, it happens and so it's maybe messaging to see how we challenge uh, the day-to-day -day citizens to be more noble in terms of being very respectful with physical assets of the city and so maybe it's just a matter of uh, having more uh, visible challenges to the city to say hey Let's not be the city that's known for vandalism. Take responsibility in terms of making our city look great. So, again, I, I don't think it's, it'll go away, but it's, it's maybe the opportunity to see how we uh, find other ways of uh, avoiding that. As you look at all of these things that you are now responsible for, <laughs> Mr. Albano, um, what's... Has there been anything that's, you know, that's given you the most trouble, that's kept you up? I know you've only so been here far, a week. Yes, so far. I, I will say not yet. And I can't see anything that might uh, keep me up late at night. Maybe a, a, a potential natural disaster, but... Uh, I, I just being here for a week, uh, I, I am more uh, comfortable with being a, a citizen of Honolulu and seeing again how we together um, make it better. Uh, cheesy. <laughs> no, cheesy that's question, uh, answer. <laughs> it kind of it kind of matches, you know, for those who are listening and 
and you know they're not able to see you you're smiling the whole time i know that you you do have this passion about it so i guess for the you know just over a week that you have been here not the stuff that's bothering you but maybe the stuff that excites you is there anything that has surprised you that has re-energized you even Again. after saying yes and knowing what you're getting into having staff have as much passion that i do they they do what's required to run the city to be part of that group that runs the city make sure make sure that we we have things in place as as normalized uh, normalized life that has really energized me to now serve them uh, and serve the public and so it's it's just trying to be at the same level they are quite honestly it's just being their leader being being where they need help assistance and just following following their lead following their passion to make sure that they keep the city running okay that's that's great but what is the secret because this department <laughs> is so complaint driven you know and then you come in with you know you're still very excited about this role. If, that, if you were to tell me what is the secret, how do I how do I get balance at the end of the day when someone is complaining <laughs> about the potholes, the street paving, the the signage, the knowing that we're doing our best to address those complaints and maybe the average citizen is not seeing what the process is, uh, some of the shortcomings of having material in place to be able to uh, immediately uh, fix a pothole or being short of employees because they're doing more priority um, repairs. And so it's, it's just dealing with it, accepting that I know the group is doing their best. Right. And that in itself, why should I not be happy or not just not worry about it not, not worry but just see it'll it, it will be done no worries we can we can manage the the complaints that come in well gene is there anything we missed i don't know <laughs> 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 uh, i i don't think so if there's anything i do want to re-emphasize just thanking the leadership that i am now um, part of not only for my department, but all of the cabinets, thanking the men and women that just run the city and allow us to have a very normalized life that we often take for granted. Well said, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. And thank you for listening. I hope you'll join us next week as we're back with Mayor Rick Blangiardi. That's right here on the One O'ahu podcast. Until then, aloha. Aloha.